0: Welcome to hindsight hacking i'm corey carter and i'm ron cool and you are listening to hindsight hacking where we have talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs hacking their hindsight to give you clearer foresight and now
1: as we still bring you the same great amazing interviews each and every week we're adding bits and pieces to serve you in such a great way. These bits and pieces are some mindset hacks, visibility hacks, traffic hacks, and more on the daily hack. So we wanna make sure that you have all the tools and all the resources that you need to gain more visibility and gain more traffic.
0: And obviously to get more sales. So head over to gethhm.com forward slash toolbox to grab your free resources to get the help you need to get more. And
1: if you're interested, after you collect all those freebies, because they're amazing, hit the link in the show
0: notes and jump on our calendar, because we definitely want to help you. Guys, we absolutely love the community that we've created with your guys' help, and we love all the hindsight hackers. So jump on in and get on our calendar. So without further ado, what do you say? Let's get to it.
1: All right, what is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Hindsight Hacking, and today's guest is the man himself, Mr. Fergie L. Philippe. Philip, I don't know, I might pronounce that wrong, but I was in advance. But
2: you did it right. I, you did it right.
1: <laughs> to anybody that uh has has been stuck at home and has Disney Plus, you probably watched a little show called Hamilton. And uh Fergie, he is currently playing uh hercules mulligan james madison and you know what when my wife and i we watched that a few times like the last thing i said i was like we gotta go see it live we gotta go see it with other actors we gotta go see it and get the feel With everybody that is playing it now, it was such a great show then when it launched, but I am sure that there's so many people that are doing it justice uh, today like yourself. So I can't wait till the world gets back. We're going to go watch it. Uh, But Fergie, you're originally from Miami and you caught the theater bug at the African Heritage Cultural Arts relearned and auditioned and accepted into the New World School of Arts. Uh, But today, I think we're going to get into your podcasting world, talking about Muppets and so much more for you. Thanks so much for being here.
2: Hey, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. You got my last name right, Philippe. That's exactly oh, it. Perfect. That is exactly it. Good work. <laughs> this
0: is exactly why Corey goes first because I can I can go the whole show and never say the person's name. It's phenomenal.
2: Right, right. <clears throat> you're always going to be in good graces. Every yeah, <laughs>
0: it's great. It's never my fault. It's his fault. <clears throat> but the story I was I was alluding to in the green room before we came on. Uh huh. Uh, I, I absolutely love the Muppets. Like Animal yes. is my favorite.
2: Yeah, it's mine my, too.
0: My wife can't do puppets. Like no way. Like, if like I want to watch the masked singer, she can't do it. She um, can't do it. Wow. like even Sesame Street, she can't watch that. She can't do puppets. And so I was oh, telling wow. her about you and doing the show. And she's like, mm-mm, mm-mm.
2: Nope. I don't like it. Like like Animal's
0: <laughs> not gonna be on the show, even though that would be killer. I would I love to have Animal on the show, but before we get too far into it, why don't you take a couple minutes and tell the audience a little bit about you?
2: Yeah uh, hey guys what's up Fergie el Philippe um, real name is is actually Fergino August yeah. Fergino is a combination of my father and my mother's name. Uh, I'm the son of two Haitian immigrants. My dad's name was Fena Fernando uh, and my mom's name is Sargene. Um, but Fergie came about uh, at the African Heritage Cultural Arts Center, and it was my first day. Uh, I was in an acting class, and the teacher assistant was calling out names, and he got to my name, and he said, "I'm calling you Fergie." I don't know how to call- I don't know how to say this, and it just it's stuck ever since that day. I've always been Fergie, um, and yeah, so I, I was doing theater, you know, for a minute, um, and actually a little bit before theater, I actually got into performing and, and you know, kind of my artistic background through puppetry, through the Muppets and through Sesame Street. Like, that's kind of what my first love was. And it was, you know, gutting out old stuffed animals and turning them into puppets and, and trying to make my own sock puppets and things like that. Um, and then I was like, oh, well, you know, people don't think puppets are cool, but you know what people think is cool? Theater. People absolutely think theater is cool. No, they don't. Um, and and I got into theater, uh, and I, I eventually went to my performing arts high school, New World School of the Arts, where I currently teach. I've been teaching there during the pandemic, so it's been a really amazing full circle moment. Um, after New World, I went to Elon University in North Carolina, uh, studied musical theater. And while I was there, I met my agent, and shortly after I graduated, um, you know, the universe responded in a way that I still can't believe. And I was asked to be a part of the the second national tour of Hamilton, uh, playing the roles of Hercules Mulligan and James Madison. Uh, I stayed with the tour for about a year and a half, almost two years. And then I bounced um, and was asked to come join the Broadway company. And so then I joined the Broadway company early 2020 and then six to eight weeks later, we shut down, and as a matter of fact, today is a year. Today is the year anniversary of when we got the shutdown notice. Um, so yeah, crazy. So,
1: uh, I mean, I was going to talk to your podcast first, but let's let's go into this because it's a year, yeah, yeah, a year it's into fair. the shutdown. Is there any any reopening inside? I mean, you hear Texas is going to reopen, but I don't know about New York. I don't know about Broadway and the theaters. I think Vegas is starting to reopen shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and you know, hopefully, guys like yourself have are able to come back and and start performing again.
2: Yeah, you know what's actually good is that we really do start to see a light at the end of the tunnel right now. You know, for a long time we were like, it's only two months, it's only six months, it's only a year, it's only a year, and then for a while we were like, well, it's twenty twenty two. Like we we really don't think it's going to be any time after that. But you know, with with the rollout of the vaccine and and I think specifically the the Johnson and Johnson arrival and their deal with Merck, that's really making a big difference. Um, And it's really sped up like the access to vaccines in the country. And so um, New York has been looking more and more, um, uh, what's the term? Um, um, Optimistic in terms of what reopening looks like uh, for indoor spaces. Um, We actually, there's an off Broadway show premiering in April um, with very limited seating. Um, and the way that the experience is, it's it's kind of a, a sound installation experiment. Um, and so because of the way that it's set up, they're able to actually open at 25% capacity. Um, and the way that Broadway is going to open is is kind of complicated because it's not going to be, you know, today's the day everybody opens on Broadway. It, it has to be a show-by-show basis based on uh, finances, based on, you know, the way testing procedures go, the, the, depending, you know, what shows are going to require vaccines or how does our um union gonna kind of go about that kind of stuff and so it's really uh there's still a lot of questions in the air but all of us are really thinking september october like that that's really looking like a realistic possibility of us coming back
0: you don't have to like cuz i definitely want to check it out for sure
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Come up to New York and let me know. It's I mean, th- and that's the cra- the the great thing about what you just said is that it's so true, you know. The the original cast was brilliant and you can't even take that away. Like I saw the original cast and I I still think about it all the time because it was just that mind-blowing. The the casts that are doing it now are all so different. And not even just because they look different and are different people, but the choices they make are different and and the creative team of Hamilton really encourage that. And that's the really great thing about being in the show is that they're always looking to change it up, you know, in a way that's going to make it still relevant, but still exciting. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if you haven't seen it live, don't think cause you've seen it on Disney plus you've seen it. The live experience is, is just something else. It's truly like being at a concert the way that it's, mixed uh audio uh, you know the the audio mix is so different the lights in person are crazy you know and also every company is a little bit different in terms of choreography and in terms of you know there's always a little bit of things there so you'll you'll find some easter eggs in one company that you won't find in the other and so i i definitely encourage people to see the show as often as they can because it it really is just such an unbelievable experience
0: no that's awesome i had i've my first experience to like a production, a theater production. I was like 15 and my cousin was like, you have Yeah, to go. And she drugged me and I was like, I, I don't want to go. Like, I'm 15. I was like, <laughs> No, nah, like, seriously, I don't want to go. Yeah. And I remember very vividly, like halfway through the show, like I snapped back into reality that it was
2: yeah. show. And you were like, I Oh my like, God, I'm, I'm not, you were in the world.
0: Yeah. I was like, What is happening? This is the coolest thing ever. So then, uh, I had the opportunity um, when Frozen first, before they went to Broadway, they did, a, did a little tour, right? In Denver. Yeah. And so I took my daughter to that. And we were literally right at the orchestra pit. Yes. And oh, my gosh. It was so cool. And she dressed amazing. up and she had a great time, but a phenomenal experience. Like yeah. if, if anybody that hasn't had a chance to see a, a production, they need to do it. I mean, it's – yeah. It's not what you expect it to be, I think.
2: No, theater is, is, and that's exactly the thing about theater is that the three-dimensional aspect of it will kind of jar you at first when you first walk into the theater. Like, I remember I'd seen all these pictures of the set of Hamilton and all these different things. And when I walked into the theater and it was, like, in front of me, there was genuinely something so jarring about seeing all of the different textures and the colors and the way the lights were hitting certain things. And the moment the show started, I was just so taken aback. I was like, and it what?" and it's not like there's anything that complicated other than the turntable and some great lights, but it really blew my mind in person, just the way that you can move bodies on stage in combination with lights and with the set, with music, with choreography and some ampl and amplified mics. Like it's, it, it's a mind blowing experience. And so if you haven't seen a theater production, even if it's just community theater, mm-hmm. just go be in a space with other people and watch something. Cause it's, it's just such a unique experience.
0: Yeah. I took my wife to our first, it was our first time we went to Vegas. We went to go see Ka. Oh my gosh. And whew, unbelievable and again she kind of went with the same attitude i went with right yeah. <laughs> it's a show i'll check it out but it's something we still talk about to this day and that was like almost 12 years ago
2: yeah yeah, yeah. i mean cirque du soleil is a whole other oh yeah ball game you know yeah. what i mean going into the vegas shows i got to i finally saw my first one when we toured through vegas and i saw oh and i had to go see it like right before i jumped onto a plane and I almost missed my plane because I had to stay afterwards and keep looking at the set and I had to I was like where's the pool like where is this where is that like I don't understand how this works and it it live performance is just such an insane experience and it's part of the reason that you know for a lot of artists this has been such a hard time because you can't replicate that and there's been zoom theater there's been virtual and digital theater we filmed a bunch of stuff but it's just not the same there is something so crazy about being there in person and watching something larger than life happen in front of you it's a really it's just an amazing experience yeah definitely and
1: uh, you know one one final question on on uh, on hamilton and your experience there because I mean, you just mentioned, Oh, and, and Cirque du Soleil being a different thing, but the complicated, like the, what, I don't know, three times the amount of words are said in, in the yeah. versus a normal play. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> speed at which some of those uh, raps are at is just absolutely insane. So right. uh, is there, was there like a different way to learn for you and the, and the other characters on to learn all they have to learn
2: and, and, versus uh, some of the like other things you would do in the past? What I think is interesting is that, and I, I truly don't mean this <laughs> insultingly, but I would wonder if some of the, the older cast members whose musicals um, that they had growing up weren't as uh, pop involved or hip-hop involved. I wonder what their experience would be. I, I was growing up when Lin wrote his first musical In the Heights, and In the Heights is also a kind of a hip-hop kind of piece, and for me, In the Heights was one of the first pieces where I was like, wow, I really see a lot of myself in this and a lot of how my foundation as a performer is really inspired by In the Heights. And so learning, you know, some of the Hamilton music wasn't difficult only because I had already kind of been in, been in that space um, but when I first saw or or listened to in the heights, I was like, you can rap on Broadway? What do you that's that's not how life works. That's not that's, <laughs> that's not awesome. what we agreed to in society. I was awesome. like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I think in, in terms of learning the actual material, you know, what was fascinating for me was that I obviously walked into rehearsal with all the words in my head because I was a big fan of the show before, but but what blew us away was realizing that all of those background vocals that you hear the whoa 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 all of those different things that's not just the aunt that's everybody everybody is singing all of those background vocals so 50 songs i would say maybe 44 43 we're singing all of them we're singing the background for for all of them for wait for it for what i miss for room where it happens you know all of these different like crazy songs like you know in the same song where i'm doing you know the Hercules Mulligan and Taylor Spine on the British government. I'm also singing the background vocals for Yorktown as soon as that's over. And so it was it was more insane to learn all of those background vocals than it was to actually learn the raps or or anything like that. And especially for characters like me, characters like Lafayette Jefferson and, and Lawrence Phillip, you know, for Burr and for Hamilton, they have a lot more on their plate. So they don't do as many background vocals, but but for like the Sons of Liberty, it's such a crazy thing to kind of realize like, Oh, you're, you're always singing. You're (laughs) like, you are never going to stop singing. Even when you're backstage changing into clothes, you are singing. Um, because there's only about 17 of us on stage at any given moment, maybe even less. So they need as many voices as possible to make that full sound. Um, So that to me was actually a lot crazier than the actual learning of the raps. And I think for so many of us who are in the show, we grew up on rap, like, especially a lot of the way that the styles of the show, like, you know, Busta Rhymes is very heavily influenced for Mulligan. And and I love Busta Rhymes. Uh, Look at Me Now was one of those raps that when it first came out, like I, I knew all the words, all my friends knew all the words. And so being able to channel some of that into this wasn't, you know, wasn't a crazy thing. Same thing with Biggie. Like I was a big, Biggie kid right. when I was growing up. And so, you know, being able to incorporate that energy into my performance was kind of second nature to me because that was somewhat separate from my theater life that I was like, oh, I can now merge these two realities together. Um, but it was it was the background vocals that threw me for a loop that I was like, I I was up every night for three to four hours just studying because <laughs> I just couldn't believe how much work we had.
0: No, that's, so that's, that's great. I, I'm, I'm, I can almost relate with you on just a little bit. I don't uh-huh. sing, but I did a ton of hip hop dance when I was younger. right? Mm, okay. And we got invited to be in this studio. Like I would do all the choreographs for the palm squat. Like uh-huh. I, I love dance. I went, just went to go see the Jabberwockies. literally yes. here. Oh my <clears throat> God. Taking my kids this year. They are my favorite. They ruined that team, ABDC.
2: They ruined I remember watching them the first year. Oh, I remember watching that they, first season. They ruined live. that
0: show because yeah. they were so flipping good. Anyway, so I, I used to dance, like, not as good as them, but like that. Mm-hmm. And then this dance studio is like, hey, we're going to do hip hop. Why don't you and your group come in here? And so we did that. So we were learning that. But we also had to learn ballet.
2: Oh my God! Right, yeah. so, so they wanted you. to
0: incorporate it. Oh my gosh, I can't do ballet. I <laughs> like, I can't do it. Like, it is not, it is not in me to do. Uh-huh. To, like the pirouette, like I can't do it. pirouette. I can't do it. But oh my, my a couple, a couple of the other guys, they did a really good job. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really hard. So, but I could, I can't imagine, like trying to change clothes and sing
2: and sing at the same time. It's crazy, and you're going backstage, and you know what's. <laughs> what was always funny is that like you're going backstage and you're like trying to communicate with somebody like, Hey, I need that hat and I need that jacket while you're going seventeen eighty-two, Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a really insane thing. But the thing about actors and the thing about the theater industry in general is that you just, you pick things up. Like there is a secret physical language that just happens everywhere on stage. And so you're able to like, just figure things out. Also, you know, I, I've now been doing the show sans the, uh, the pandemic, two and a half years, roughly. And so, you know, over 600 performances. And so there is a rhythm in the show that is so innate and so second nature to me that I think that's also where a lot of it comes from.
1: Ah, So fun. This is such a, a unique conversation for our show. So I love it. Thank yeah. you. Uh, but there's, there's definitely some principles that we'll get to talk about uh, that it transfers to anything that, that you're talking about. So it's amazing. For but sure. the reason we met... The reason yeah. we started to talk it was because of a little thing, a uh, little podcast that we all do, and uh, yours specifically. Time to meet the Muppets. So yeah. tell us, tell us what you're doing with that. Tell us, you know, all the all the amazing things that's happening because of it, and and just you know, is, all the all the information you want to share there.
2: Yeah. So okay, brief history lesson. The year is 2006. Right? Disney announces, "Hey, Muppet fans all over, it's time we are releasing." The Muppet Show on DVD, season by season, full, unedited, with the UK spot, all of these different things, right? Muppet fans all over are losing their minds. So they released the first season in 2006, second season in 2007, third season in 2008. End of 2008, they go, in 2009, you guys are getting season four. And we never heard from them again. And we have felt like the forgotten stepchild ever since. So for 11 years, we have been waiting for that fourth and fifth season. And then in January, they announced that they were gonna drop all of The Muppet Show on Disney Plus, and obviously the world was shook. I was saying to myself, oh, thank God, man. Now I'm gonna have something to watch when I go to bed at night. Like it's gonna be, that's gonna be great. I can't wait to just like put it on and just chill out and relax. Couple of days later, oh, you know what? I lo- I love Office Ladies. I love West Wing Weekly. Like I love being able to pair a podcast with this show. That'd be awesome if that happened. Two days later, dang it! I have to do it. <laughs> it just like it clicked to me. It was like, dude, it, come on. This is like, this is your jam. This is exactly where I thrive, man. I have so much useless. Muppet history and Muppet technical and Muppet, te- like, you know, facts just in my head running around rampant that's waiting to be used. And so I just said, you know what? I'm going to do a recap show. So every episode from the first episode that premiered and all the way to the fifth season, hopefully, uh, I'm going to recap the show. I'm just going to keep <laughs> recapping. So the, the first two seasons are the first two episodes. Oh, my God. No, the first two episodes have been released. The third episode comes out next week, Friday. Uh, we release on a biweekly schedule on Fridays. Um, yeah. And we, we just, you know, I get into it. I just talk about the things I liked. I break it down. I share some fun facts. I do some little histories and performer profiles. Um, I'm also in the future going to have some guests, people that work on Broadway, people that have worked with the Muppets. And so, you know, it's a really, uh, fun time to just sit and and listen to some, you know, crazy facts about the Muppets that you do not need, but that are just fun to know.
0: Oh, absolutely. I remember watching the Muppet show. It's going to age me, but like, I love, love the Muppets. And uh, but seriously, <clears throat> anything that's animatronic.
2: Oh my god. My yeah. my
0: wife, my wife can't do it. And she's over and, it. No, she she can't watch um even the the puppets on she's gonna kill me. So, <laughs> 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 so there's these commercials with cartoon people. Uh-huh. That uh it's for Grubhub. Where the guys, oh, go,
2: yes. uh-huh. Right. Yeah.
0: She hates that commercial. She hates it. She's like, it's I uncomfortable can't do that for her. So even stuff like that. But like, I was like, what if, what if Animal was like on his podcast? That would be, and it was video. Like, oh my god! Oh my it god, would, god, be that would be amazing. So cool.
2: I would love that. I would if I can get the Muppets on the podcast. It'll <sighs> be, it'll be a wrap. That'll truly be a wrap.
0: that would um, be phenomenal. Yeah.
2: It's so exciting. It's just so exciting, and it's so fun. And I'm, and it's not even just that I'm passionate about it, but it's just like. It's just joy, it's just pure unadulterated joy. it's just fun, it's just laughter, you know what i mean and and you know it, 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 it's such a hard time right now, it's just so difficult right now, and everyone can use some laughter everyone could use some just straight up joy and and that's it just joy for the sake of joy and so i was kind of like yeah let me just let me throw this together and see what ends up happening and i could not believe how much fun i had when i recorded the first episode and i was that's like so. okay well now i have to now i have to commit right. <laughs> I'm, I'm now i have TV. to do it yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, you have the number of episodes lined up for you. uh, Yeah, exactly. Like that's pretty. Yeah,
2: I already know how many one hundred twenty episodes, and then I am done. Right.
1: (laughs) Maybe there's a few bonuses in there if you get actual Muppets on your show, but
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be (laughs) crazy.
1: Um. So so obviously, you understood the world of podcasting. You you had some good ones that you like to listen to, but yeah. uh, you know, walk us through, like, what was your experience launching it or going through and and getting it off the ground or, you know, are you doing the editing yourself? Like, what's your whole overall experience with uh, just just getting it out there?
2: Yeah. So over the summer w- when the pandemic first hit, I actually had my another podcast called The Craft and I did everything myself. I released it. I, I produced it. I edited it. I hosted it. I Everything. I literally did everything. And it was so exhausting that I gave up after the fourth episode. As a matter of fact, the third and fourth episode are not even released. They're still on my computer (laughs) and I have to release them. Um, But after the fourth episode, I was just like, I I can't do this anymore. This is killing me. Um, So I took a pause on it. And... When I had this idea for this podcast, um, my friend, Nick Walker, who hosts his own podcast called little justice, which is a a, a filmmaking podcast. um, He had told me, Hey, you know, I know that you're thinking about doing a podcast or you had a podcast before I work with this company called Broadway podcast network. And you know, they're look, they're always looking for new shows. You should pitch. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know. I'm fine. That's fine. I don't need to pitch. It's whatever. So I could do everything myself. I'm, I'm a man. I could do everything myself. My toxic brain. And so, um, When I had this idea for Muppets, I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right. I was like, if I'm really going to f- go through with this Muppet show, I have to make sure that everything is set right for it. So I emailed them and said, hey, I have a pitch. Um, I doubt you guys will want to hear it, but I just want to give it to you anyway. And they said, yeah, sure. Let's let, you know, we'll hear it. Um, so I give the pitch, uh, I'm there with, with Dory Bernstein, who runs, the, who runs Broadway podcast network and, and Brittany Bigelow, who is like kind of my emotional support system <laughs> through everything. And as I'm pitching it, Brittany's eyes just get big and I'm like, oh no, they think it's so dumb. They think it's so stupid. They think it's so off. What am I doing? I, I, I can't wait to finish this pitch and just go eat ice cream. I'm so over this right now. <laughs> and as soon as I finish, Dory goes. You know, it's really funny you say that because I used to have a past with Walt Disney Imagineering. And I was like, oh, I was like, that that's really great. I'm actually really into Walt Disney theme parks and Imagineering and all that stuff. And she goes, yeah, one of my favorite projects was Muppet Vision 3D. And I worked with Jim Henson. And I was like it starts a short circuit <laughs> and she was like I sometimes hear pitches that I'm like yeah we'll take some work on that and then I hear pitches where it's like yeah we're doing this and we are doing this so you are greenlit uh you better commit because it's too late now <laughs> and so you know as soon as she said that I was like oh God, I really hope I wanted to do this because, like, it's legitimately too late. But it was fate. It was totally fate. It was obviously the stars aligning with each other. And um, I edit the podcast myself. I host it myself. I do everything. The only thing that Broadway Podcast Network does is they give me notes and they upload it for me. But I, I, you know, I got my friend Ben to write the amazing theme song for me, and uh, I I watch the shows about three times. I take notes and then I do the show themselves. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's not as much work as I thought it would be, but it's still a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of triple checking research. It's a lot of making sure that, you know, I have a lot of facts that run around in my head that I learned when I was eight that I'm like did I remember that right? And then that I have to go and research and go, it oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, uh, let me make sure that that thing is not just my amount, you know, an imagination, you yeah. know, run wild, but it's actually what the facts were. Um, and so it's a lot of doing that. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out structure. I'm still trying to figure out like what works. I'm still trying to figure out like the flow of the show and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, so it's a, it's a kind of crazy process because, the show works with no form, but I want it to have as much form as possible, but I also want it to feel free, but I also need it to be structured. Like, so, so there's oh, yeah. this, there's a lot of uh, fun, but a lot of craziness in like trying to figure out what the balance of the show should uh, or will be. Ugh.
0: I love that. Okay. So that's a, that's a crazy story. Like I can just imagine what was going through, your <laughs> but, but let's, let's talk like important stuff. Yeah. Right? So, so here we go. Can't say animal because we both love animal. No. <laughs> Other favorite Muppet on the Muppet Show.
2: Rolf, and the reason why is Rolf. So, for those who don't know, Rolf is the 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 um, show's resident piano player next to Doctor Teeth of the Electric Mayhem. But Rolf, mm-hmm. Rolf to me has such a grounded presence and has such a, a very calming presence. He reminds me of a bartender. Um, Which is why I think in the new Muppet show, they made him a bartender. But, but when he introduces all of his, you know, his little songs on the show, it's always like when the bartender is like, yeah, man, today I got up this morning and I just wasn't feeling it. But then I, you know. I, I made sure it happened and he gives them like really great advice and then you you Share a beer and then you tip him like Ten times the amount because he's a brilliant man And you hope he's okay that's exactly What Rolf is to me and I think right. Rolf's presence On that show is so different from Everyone else that it's it's really astounding
0: Yeah no Rolf Awesome I like I like It goes back and forth I love the Swedish um, Chef
2: yes oh my he's, god He's hilarious <laughs> Nonsense, I, absolute yeah, yeah, nonsense, yeah.
0: but I love marm, marm. Oh, I
2: love Beaker. Beaker,
0: Beaker, Beaker makes me laugh so much.
2: That's genius and, comedy right there.
0: Uh, well, you know, because it it, it it takes me back to, I think it was Sesame Street, the, the aliens. Yes, the yip yip, 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 yip. monster. Yeah. Yes.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's, I mean, that's such a, a, a Henson-esque thing to do. Get a mm-hmm. character make them real stupid, and they don't speak any English. None. That's instant comedy right there. That is instant, instant comedy. Get them, get their stupidity, and either put them up with someone who's just as stupid or stupider than them but thinks they're smarter or actually put them up with a straight man, and you have comedy for days. (laughs) And that's that's just something in the writing. And I talk about this on the show a lot, like the structure of the writing and how they really understood – Not just comedy on a structural level, but they were so like, this is funny. There's no reason why it's funny, but it's funny. Let's build on that. Let's dissect it and let's repeat it and do it again. Um, And that's genius to me, how they were able to kind of consistently do that. And they're still kind of able to do that with those Sesame Street characters. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Ah, So fun. Uh, All right. So you have been blessed to be able to teach over this this time period, but ultimately performing – directing writing uh teaching through your podcast from the uh-huh. World, right like where, where's there's a lot of hats in the ring like what like we're gonna reopen you're gonna go back to performing like what's mm-hmm. what's fergie's goal what's your plan and and how how are you you know really growing and thriving and all that
2: man i wish i knew but at the same time, I'm glad I don't know. It's just one of those things. This pandemic, you know, I tell I do a lot of master classes too, and I talk to different schools and stuff like that. And and my number one piece of advice that I always give students is start redefining what the term success means to you. Cause you know, you you you've been moving through life in a way that you've defined success as a very specific thing. And that's great. It's obviously what's giving you drive and motivation. Start redefining it now. Just redefine it, make it new for yourself. You know what I mean? Like look at what are what are options that would still be successful for you. Don't just hold on to one thing and that and this pandemic made me you know take a spoonful of my own medicine and I was like, okay, you know I have to really practice what I preach. So what is it that I want to do? and I've explored a, a, a bevy of opportunities that I would have never gotten to do you know I've gotten back into puppetry myself and I never would have expected to do that but you know here I am I'm doing it now. Um, I am really into writing again. I I was writing for a little bit, but like, I've really gotten back into it during the pandemic. You know, I'm back into directing teaching is something that I've gone back and forth with, but I have found such a, a deep passion for it during this time. Um, and just dipping my toes into possible like theme park design and things like that. Like I've wow. discovered, you know, some different like uh, like crash courses online that I can just take for myself, or different classes I can you know uh, take online. And you know, I'm I'm now considering, okay, maybe I'm gonna get my master's degree in something like that. You know, so so the the opportunity is really just wherever the wind may take me. As to quote Muppet Treasure Island, like I I have no. <laughs> Idea where I'm going to go next. But, you know, I think what's wonderful is that before this, I was so, like, excited to make a Broadway career, you know? And that was really my focus. And then eventually shift into film television. But I've reached a point now where I do feel at peace if that doesn't happen or if that ends up shifting into something else. And... You know, I, I even feel more like I don't know if I really want that. I think I've wanted the idea of that. And now I'm looking at well, what are the opportunities and the things that I want to create? I've wanted to create a podcast like this forever. So it's like, OK, I'm investing in something like this. I want to create like kind of like a live show, like what you guys do. But that's all about Disney parks and things like that. You know, there's there's so many different things that I want to do that I really think I'm going to give myself the freedom to really explore and not look at what my old definitions of what success were and just really start to look at what's going to make me happy. What's going to fill me with joy. And if I can earn while I do it, then <laughs> heck, I'm doing it right. You know right. what I mean? And so, so I'm really just, I'm hoping that when Broadway comes back, I'll enjoy that as fully as I can. And if it takes me in a direction that's absolutely insane and my career just takes off, then great. And if not cool, you know, just as long as it takes me where I will feel joy, I'm good. Um, and I'm, I'm really thankful to be in this kind of a place because, you know, it's hard when you grow up in, in an industry like theater, it's really difficult to kind of come to terms with that when constantly you are being compared, you're basically being kind of sold, you know what I mean? You have to sell what you have to offer and that's mostly in your looks and it's mostly in your talent. And so for me and I, and I'm, I'm incredibly insecure. And so for me to have this kind of hindsight For me to have this kind of hindsight really is something that, you know, I'm very, I'm I'm very proud of myself for being able to get here, you know, especially within a year of Broadway shutting down.
0: Yeah. Well, so you said a lot of things there. So one, it instantly CNC music factory. Hmm. Do that group, right? Yeah. The singer in the video is not the singer, the lady singer. It's because the record label didn't feel her actual person would Uh sell images exactly would would sell records and it's like oh my gosh like i didn't know that for years
2: yeah yeah it's really insane but that's such that's such a accurate depiction of what industry can be like sometimes unfortunately and and sometimes it's great but but for the most part we are all as performers operating under a very image obsessed ideal and we're all trying to achieve it and in all honesty it's impossible to achieve some of us are able to do it because we change ourselves drastically and some people are very happy being able to do that for themselves and they can you know have a great peaceful life And in a lot of other cases, it's really damaged other people, and it's really been difficult for them to find the passion and what they do again because it's become about how do I sell myself, Um, and and it's not about the art; it's about what commercially is going to work, you know, because the producers are thinking of it from a business standpoint: what's going to give me profit, and you know, it becomes a lot more calculated. And that's where theater and business really clash because everything about theater is, you know feeling and it's about emotion. It's about what I'm giving and bringing from the experiences that I've lived and everything about producing is about, well, how do I take that and use it to kind of make profit? You know what I mean? There's a lot more humanity into it, obviously, but, but you know, at the end of the day, if it doesn't make money, why am I going to do it?
0: Right. Well, that's, that's like people that, that just, just, I look up to like Jay-Z, like he didn't conform. He did his own thing. He, he never sold out anything. He did it exactly how he wanted to do it. Right. And look what it got him.
2: And look what it got him. Yeah. That's, I mean, if there isn't a business model ideal, it's absolutely Jay-Z and yeah. and being able to keep your values while being able to get successful.
0: Yeah. It's just beautiful. And control of your image, control of your music. Yes.
2: Control, control. Brand control. Right? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. A lot of artists end up leaving the business because they realize they have no control. Yeah. They've succumbed. Their, they've they've succumbed to the idea that you have to give your control over to the image obsessed ideals that has been set for them.
0: Yes. Okay. So As you mentioned, mentioned something on writing. Sorry, Corey. You no, mentioned something on yeah. writing. Are you going to be? Are you writing your own thing?
2: Yeah, I'm writing. I'm writing a bunch of my own things. Like I've, nice. I've I have a bunch of pilots. I wrote my own short film that hopefully I can get filmed in the next like five years. That's like nice. my goal. My goal is within the next five years. To film my short film that I wrote uh, two years ago. Oh my god, has it really been two years? Yes, I wrote it two years ago, uh, and I'm really hoping that I can get it filmed. Um, it's a really short, you know, very simple piece about three friends in a bar, um, but it's a it's it's reflective of something that I felt while living in New York that I'm really excited to just kind of like put out there. And so um, hopefully that'll happen, but I'm also, I'm writing a lot of children's media. I'm writing, you know, other pilots and I'm writing features like, you know, I'm just, I'm always writing. Sometimes an idea pops into my head. I'll write for like three months, put it away for eight years and then come back. <laughs> like right, that's right. kind of where my my brain goes, but the short film is really the first time that I like completed something. And so that's my, ne- that's my like big project next. Uh,
1: so fun. All right. so you the pandemic stopped everything uh and so many people like yourself you had to make the ultimate pivot because it's been yeah. a year it's been one full year since you were able to perform right in that in that environment so in the hindsight like what do you wish you knew before you know, the pandemic hit, right? What do you wish your friends knew, your, right? What do you wish you guys knew? Save
2: your money, save your money. <laughs> oh, that was too simple, come on. Stop spending it at Amazon, stop it. Um, uh-huh. Wow, that's a that's a question, man. What I wish I knew before the pandemic. I wish I knew that I am, I wish I knew I was more capable of things it took the pandemic for me to realize that it took the pandemic for me to realize that i have so much more to offer than just singing and dancing on stage um and i think i knew that to a certain degree but like i've really had to explore myself as an entrepreneur and explore myself as a creator during this time and really you know what can i produce that's gonna make me feel like i'm giving what i want to give and doing what i want to do and I think uh, I don't want to say I was a sheep, but I do believe that I was like, well, you know, I always work so that somebody else can give me a job. I'll always work so that I can get uh, I can be, you know, under contract. And this entire time has really made me realize, like, how much anxiety I have about control and how much I feel like. I how, how how often I rarely feel that I have it and how much I desire it. So there's been a lot of exploration of, okay, what are the things that I can do where I can have control, still joyfully be able to express the things that I want and still be able to creatively invest? Which I guess yeah. is the question for every single person on this earth when it comes to what they're passionate about. But, but you know, it's, again, I, I wish I could express, I know there are actors that might, listen to this and really understand that at a certain point you put your horse blinders on and you don't really question why you're doing the things that you're doing. You don't really question like what it's all for you. You question the ideal that you're after you, uh, you, you, you go after what you are dreaming of, you know, you have this picture in your mind, you have this image and you're just chasing it. You're just chasing it and you don't. And it wasn't until the pandemic that I was like, why was I chasing that picture? Why did I want that? Not that I don't want it, but why did I want that? You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. I can list all the reasons why I can list all the reasons why I did it, but I can't list to you all the reasons why I wanted to do it. <laughs> and and I think that me as I've gotten older, I've really challenged my belief systems and I've really challenged the way that I have taken in certain things. And so it's really been um it's been hard, but it's been a really enlightening road to realize that I have so much to offer this world. And I don't think I knew that before the pandemic. Um, And also, I wish I knew that um, you were going to, you were going to really find things about yourself later. You know, you're really going to continue to find out things about yourself. I think for a while, I was like, I know who I am. I know all the things that there is to know, but it's like, "Mm, there's so much you don't know. (laughs) There's so much you don't know about yourself and that you're about to get to know. Um, So, yeah.
0: So good. So good. So answer we've had in a long, long time. That's a phenomenal answer. (laughs) (laughs) thank you. So people are probably listening. One, they're going to want to get to your Muppet show, right? where can they connect with you understand when you're reopening to go see you? Like where's the best way to connect with you on what you're doing?
2: Yeah. Best thing is Twitter and Instagram on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Fergsters 95. That is at F E R 95. Uh, that's my TikTok, that's my Twitter, and that's my Instagram. And then if you want to follow the pod, you can follow at meetthemuppets on Instagram at M-E-E-T-T-H-E-M-U-P-P-E-T-S. Um, that's where all the updates about every time an episode drops. Um, I'll probably do some Instagram Lives and stuff like that later on as we get a little bit more comfortable and you know things like that. Um, but in terms of finding out everything about my life, at Ferksers95 is where you can find all that info.
1: Perfect. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure and, uh, I, I truly thankful that you came on give us, gave us your time and like actually, uh, came here today. It's been, it's been an
2: absolute blast. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I've had a really great time and a really great conversation. Everybody at Podnox was like, yes, that's the one. It's all about hindsight hacking. That's the fun one. And I was like, <laughs> I, I'm sad I couldn't do it, but now I got to do it. It was and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did.
0: Well, we appreciate you, man. Thank you so much.
2: Absolutely. Thank you guys. All
0: right. Bye. Bye. Whew. All right. I never
1: once thought we would talk about Muppets on the show. I'm excited we be talking about Muppets. Have such a good time doing it. But as usual, we've
0: got to have two takeaways. So Ron, what you got? Well, it was interesting because I caught myself like just enjoying the show. And then I realized <laughs> I had to take notes so I can like have my takeaways. And then I was like... I'm going to do some unique things of what he said and how to tie it into entrepreneurship and business. Okay. Perfect. I was doing so, that same thing. Let's okay, get Perfect. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to do it in order here. Okay. Right? Got to have structure. Well, Maybe. no, no, no. First, first and foremost, and this is where I think people get stuck. They don't understand their worth or their value or what they're trying to do and how they can make an impact, right? So you have to be able to understand your worth and your value and not put success on what other people say you can do because then you'll find yourself in this crazy situation that we're all in and you're like, well, now I can go do what I want to do. What does that look like? But the, the realizing your worth, I think people struggle with this because sometimes their worth comes so easy to them, they don't put value on it themselves. Right, right. and we've talked about that a little bit before. Um, The other piece, I'm going to go back when 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 he's talking about changing clothes and singing, because he said he was comfortable rapping, but singing and changing clothes and communicating, that takes focus, like hyper focus. Like in my mind, my my brain would just blow up, like. there i'd do one show and boom done thanks um or i'd be singing i need the hat and people would get mad at me and whatever but, <laughs> but understand focus focus oh and i have one other so this uh, extra extra when he was talking about starting the show his his muppet show right he thought about it went to sleep came back two weeks two days later then he realized he had to do it okay so the thoughts in your head sometimes are given to you because you need to take action to get them. Sometimes they don't go away because you should take action on them, because it's what you're being called to do.
1: Yes, that, that was actually one of the ones I was going to talk about. It's just the being called to do what you're going to do. But I've got one backup just in case now. We've talked about how the pandemic happened to us
0: mm-hmm.
1: or for us, right? Now we both have our health. And uh, to the, to those that didn't have the health from this, that, you know, obviously that's a whole different ballgame. But from the uh, being put in situations where we had to make a new choice, did it happen to you? Did it happen for you? Fergie made the best of it, and he was able to stop and reflect and figure out why is he chasing that dream? Why does he want that dream? Right? He was figuring out and to do this, this teaching and writing and all the different things. So he took advantage it was happening for him, not to him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The pandemic it allowed you and I to slow down and it happened for us, for our business to speed up. Right. So, uh, at some point, anybody out there forget, you know, the 2020 craziness, but at some point in 2022, you need to stop and take a minute and look and figure out why are you chasing that dream? Is, is something happening to you or is it happening for you? But you mm-hmm. gotta stop and reflect to figure that out. So all right, that's all we got today. Been a blast. Fergie's amazing and uh such a fun conversation. But to everybody there. I wanna
0: go to New York and watch him do it. Like uh, I mean, on, like, I'm going. We're going to Hacking Media vacation coming yeah, up. Yeah, like, it's a business trip. Business so trip. So we're gonna yeah. have to talk podcast with him. If we say the word podcast once with him, it's a business trip, right?
1: Yeah, that's done. Yeah. All right, we're good. So just got to track all the receipts. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, If you're not watching in the Facebook group, what's wrong? Come on, let's go. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash profits with. And we will see you there.
0: Bye, guys. All right, everyone. Thank you so
1: much for listening. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And you know what? If you're not already a member of our Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Head on over facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash profits with.
0: Guys, we are super excited to have you be a part of our community and help you get more visible, get more traffic, and get more sales.
1: That's right, Ron, and every time someone's in our group, we get to share all the tips, the tricks, and everything that you can get profits with from your summits, your challenges, your workshops, your podcasts, your vodcasts, and so much more. Guys, thanks for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers
0: community.